When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A milestone moment for a Pittsburgh icon back home. You are listening to Rum Bunter Radio Friday, June the 16th. Lunch with Rum Bunter today. I join you guys to break down what just happened in Chicago. Um, an unfortunate series there. A series that truly uh, it was just debilitating, I think is the buzzword from Chicago. Uh, but a series that has allowed the Pirates to remain in first place one way or the other. They were swept there at Wrigley Field, just a half a game up on the Milwaukee Brewers. As we interplay this weekend, a game up on those Cincinnati Reds now three and a half on the Chicago Cubs and uh, still a healthy margin on St. Louis. But, um, you know, troubled times here, gentlemen. The Pirates did get a series win over the New York Mets, and we did get to do our podcast for the first time ever in person. Got to finally got to meet you guys. The crew got to get together. Really cool weekend, really special time that we had there in Pittsburgh. Uh, and Andrew McCutcheon gets his 2000th hit this past Sunday since the last time we uh, – we met up, but one more time, I want to give a big shout out, big thank you to our friends over at Federal Galley for having us, um, our guy Chad, our guy Alex, uh, and all the fine folks, Jillian, getting us, uh, you know, some free beverages over there, getting us hooked up with uh, with an excellent venue to get to do that. So really cool deal there. Um, thank you guys for uh, for allowing me to meet the family. I know it's a, you know, it's a risk when, uh, <laughs> when you don't know somebody and they're coming from far away um so appreciate you guys for for welcoming me to pittsburgh show me a great time i'm um, looking forward to doing that again here hopefully soon soon enough at least i think we're going to try to make it maybe an annual deal if nothing else um but guys the pirates now just two games over 500 and uh, a half a game up but a big series this weekend of course milwaukee brewers right there nipping at their heels how we doing gentlemen is um as we get the the episode started tonight i know we're into the summer months now for you guys. Um, how you gentlemen doing? Yeah, you know, not too bad. Just enjoying summer vacation, enjoying the time off. Uh, busy, busy with with my own kids' baseball schedules. And uh, yeah, just enjoying the summertime life of a teacher and not having to work and still collecting a paycheck every two weeks. Can't complain too much about that. Yeah, everything's going well, you know, 
being a full-time babysitter here at the six month old is, you know, everything changes, you know, every 10, 15 minutes or so. So it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, got, was late jumping on here, completely forgot within 25 minutes because of that. But you know, it's great to be spending some time, like Mari said, you know, being able to be at home with her and uh, watch pirates stay up late. You know, it's, it's, it's been a good good start to summer so far. Well, and she did an interview with our Run Bunch of Radio crew following our episode there at the Federal Galleys. So uh, we're still editing that one up. Gonna gonna have to wait a little bit on it, but she, uh, you know, was excellent. Great thoughts there on the Pirates, and I, I hope everything's going well there. Uh, with all that, Nick, it's um, I know it's a lot, but hey, we got the summer here now as well. And please don't apologize because uh, I moved the time around a hundred times today, and. Well, you came in and brightened our day up by uh, by panning the camera over there to her. The Pirates struggling to brighten our days up. Our, our three nights this week, I guess, is a couple of blown leads. A uh, blown lead last night in Chicago to uh, secure the sweep for the Cubs. What are your guys' thoughts here? I mean, this series was um, as troubling as it gets for a lot of reasons. You blow leads. You, you watch your young pitchers. Um, you know, really struggle in, in certain spots there. And, um, you know, just lack of offense and innings where they needed it. Generally, guys, what are your thoughts as we uh, as we exit Chicago here, Nick? You want to get us started? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to get out of there. Um, it's one of those things. Um, the Pirates were kind of due for a series like this, the, you know, a real dud of a series. And it's not a surprise that it happens on the road. Um just something about this series beforehand. I didn't have a good feeling going into, um, you know, but hopefully they can bounce back into Milwaukee. I think, you know, maybe they got their bad baseball out of them. And, you know, for once we'll go up and play decent baseball in Milwaukee. Yeah. You know, to me, what was most concerning coming out of the series, I mean, the for whatever it is, the Cubs just have the Pirates number right now. Um, this is nine straight series losses against the Cubs are seven and 29 in their last 36 games of Wrigley field. Um, you go back to 2015. There's something that, like that's that. why I had bad feeling. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even realize that yeah. stuff. But it makes like, sense. Since 2015, they're like 22 and 60 at Wrigley. Um, it has replaced Milwaukee as like the real house of horrors right now. But uh, to me, the most concerning thing coming out of this series is, even more so than when they hit that stretch there in May where they lost seven in a row or whatever it is, there's, there's cracks in the dam. Um, this pitching staff has just been hit so hard by injuries and it looks like that's finally catching up to them. Um, you know, the starting rotation it's man, if you feel like if you almost have to win every time, Oviedo Hill or Keller pitch, or at least get two out of three when those guys pitch because the rest of the rotation is so bad. Um, Luis Ortiz, it's obvious that he's not ready for the majors yet, but they don't have a choice. I mean, who knows what you're getting out of Osvaldo Beta moving forward, but yeah, I, I think you, I think you're at a position where the injuries have finally caught up to the pitching staff. And that's, what's most alarming to me because that's where it could potentially be, you know, cracks in the dam finally starting to show to where, you know, with the injuries, things may catch up to this team and they really start to kind of falter here a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, it's easy to sit here and talk about, you know, how we have Henry Davis coming, Eddie Rodriguez, potentially Nick Gonzalez, Leovar Paguero. You know, Quinn Priester is the only name that's worth anything at this point that can help this major league staff now. And even that's, you know, questionable. He's young. He's been up and down to AAA. Um, so I wouldn't expect him to be, you know, the reinforcements that, you know, Marty's talking about here. And, you know, I, I agree with him. I think the the pitching staff has been exposed. Um, and, you know, we'll see if they act on that or if they're going to just try to continue to work through um, these guys in the minor leagues. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's troubling because you said it, Nick. I mean, Quinn Priester gets you excited. He's a guy that you would hope could come in and make an impact, really help a, you know, staff that's injured. But that's even a question mark. And, you know, if Michael Burroughs, if he had been able to stay healthy, I think you feel a little bit better. But uh, this has just been one thing after another this season with arms throughout the organization. Um, you know, there's there's some high points if you look a little bit further down, Bubba Chandler. Um, you know, Anthony Solomedo, big weeks. And, uh, you know, there's some some help way, way down the line on the way. But as, you know, we talk about guys that can come up, make an impact. Quinn Priester is really the only name you can circle right now. Because um, Luis Ortiz is not ready. I mean, he's just not. And I think you feel a little bit more comfortable thinking about Luis Ortiz because you can, you can make that statement and it's all right, whatever. More time is needed. We'll see it again. And, and you know, the stuff is there. Ronte Contreras is a guy that, it's starting to worry me a little bit, gentlemen. Um, the struggles just continue. The fastball has looked so much worse. And, you know, this is a guy that, unlike Luis Ortiz, we expect to arrive a little bit more at this point. What do the Pirates do with Ronzi Contreras? I, I mean, I don't know how you don't send him to the minors at this point. Um, that, that outing Wednesday night in Chicago – that sixth inning pirates are ahead five to one. And what was most concerning to me there when Contreras fell apart, you could see the body language. Um, it, it, I think a lot of it's in between the ears right now. I think the kid has no confidence whatsoever. Um, I think he, he seems very defeated when he's on the mound. Um, I, I think you just, you have, you, you have to send him to triple A. I feel, I hate saying that. Um, but I think right now he needs a trip to Indianapolis to try and work things out in the starting rotation down there. But, but again, like part of the problem here is this with all the injuries. It's just like, man, you don't, what, what are you going to do? Like if you send him out and put him in the rotation in AAA, I mean, yeah, I just, I just feel like that. I, I don't think he can continue to pitch to major league hitters right now. I really don't. Um, so, yeah, I think you need to send him to AAA and just completely start over with him and see if that can fix it. Because, um, I mean, as much as the injuries have hurt the starting rotation, make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Rowan's and Contreras completely crumbling here this last month has hurt the rotation every bit as much. Because even with the injuries, if Rowan's and Contreras was still pitching the way he pitched in April and the way you expected him to pitch, this rotation looks a lot different and you feel a lot better about where things are at. But, yeah, I, I don't know how you avoid a trip to the minor leagues at this point. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, his confidence has gone as well. Like, and that was clear the other night. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, <laughs> I'm glad she's she's ready to give her thoughts on that. Irritated too, but you know, 
the thing with him, I was just looking, and it, you know, hitters are hitting over 400 off his forcing fastball this year, and that fastball is averaging in 94 range. And you know, two years ago it was in the 96s. So his average fastball velocity is down two miles per hour. Whatever that reason may be, they need to figure that out. If it's mechanical, if it's his arm isn't right, you know, something we've talked about that is a huge red flag typically to me is when you see this stuff kind of fall off and all of a sudden a pitcher's getting hammered, there's usually more to the story. There's more to the arm. Um, you know, the one guy I really remember is Nick Kingham. Uh, he, he was dominant in the minor leagues and the next year he was in triple a and his ERA was over seven in his first three starts or something like that. And then all of a sudden he had to get Tommy John surgery. So I'm not saying that Contreras needs Tommy John, but I'm saying there's obviously something not right there. And for him to be losing that kind of velocity on his fastball needs to be to me is a bigger red flag than his performance because we've talked about this before. He pitches very much based off his fastball. His slider plays off that big time and he doesn't have it right now and they got to figure it out. And if that means going to the minors, like I think that's probably the best move right now. Yeah. Something's got to be done. And you know, this is, a guy that I think could still be a, a future ace. You know, we've seen this stuff and, you know, we've seen him dominate. Even this season, there's been starts where you feel really comfortable. Um, and, and on that that tear to get him to 12 over, he was a big part of that too. Everybody on, on the staff was for a time there, um, whether it's the minor leagues or, um, you know, hopefully no kind of surgery or some kind of injuries going on. Something is going on and, uh, you know, we got to figure that out and and address it correctly here. But, you know, as we, we look at this team, I misspoke earlier. I said 34-32. Didn't even want to look at the standings uh, after about 8 p.m. last night, but 34-33 and 33 now. Um, this club is still in first place. If we had to project a win total at this point in the season, what are you guys picking right now? What, what, what number do they get to? I mean, before the year, I said 74 wins. I think I'll stick with that. Um, I think with... I mean, I mean, you would like to think they could do better than that because, like, ultimately, you finish with 74 wins. That means you went 54 and 80 <laughs> um, after the 20 and 8 start, which is not good at all. But um, I, I just think with the current state of things with this pitching staff, that that's that's my big concern. The offense has been wildly inconsistent this year. And you, with the offense, as frustrating as it is waiting on it, you feel like you're going to have help no matter what because of Davis, because of Andy Rodriguez, when you get O'Neill Cruz back, which, I mean, hopefully within the next six weeks or so. But the pitching, like Nick said, outside of Quinn Priester, there's nothing there. And even Priester, like I'm not – I'm far from convinced Priester would be an improvement over Luis Ortiz right now because Priester's got a lot of issues himself with his fastball. Um but that that's my concern is that, you know, they, they could hit a real rough patch here and kind of fall to that six, seven games under range and then kind of just float there the rest of the year. I would stick with my preseason prediction of 74, maybe a couple more than that because of the strong start. But 
yeah, it, it's hard to it's hard to envision better than that right now because of the current state of this pitching and the fact that there doesn't appear to be any help on the way for this rotation. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm right there with you, Marty. I'm I'm around 75 mark. Um, beginning of the year, I thought 70 was was going to be you know, kind of the mark that I wanted this team to definitely get over. And so I think 75 with, like you said, just everything that's gone on. Um, but at the same time, like we've talked about this, Ben Charrington needs to open his eyes a little bit and understand like, Hey, like this opportunity might not always be this. I don't want to say easy because easy is not the right word, but like, they never expected to be in this position. The division's not good. Yeah, and, you know, I think with that, too, what, what frustrates me is, you know, there have been multiple interviews with Ben Charrington done since the season started where he talks about, oh, you know, we're, we're outperforming our internal projections. And, like – like to me, that's that that's him setting up for like, well, you know, whenever they don't, if you don't go out and add and help, hey, we were overperforming what we expected. It wasn't our year, blah blah blah. But it's just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's to the point where even if this team wasn't in first place right now, you'd feel like they have to go out starting pitching up because they literally don't have the bodies available. So, like, I, I don't know. I'd like to see Charrington do something right now. Obviously, you can't go out and be swinging trades. This early, I mean, I know people will say, well, you can make a trade whenever. So, yeah, you can. But right now, if you're trying to acquire starting pitching, you're going to have to overpay for it big time because, you know, anybody trying to make a trade right now, the other team's going to know that team's just in desperation mode and take advantage of it. But, I mean, the way – like, I, like I, I know the guy is, is known as a bit of a knucklehead and, and can be a lot to handle in the clubhouse. But, like, when Zach Plesek was designated for assignment by Cleveland – I, and this was even before Contreras completely fell apart. I didn't understand the Pirates not trying to do something there. Like, I think you need to be watching the waiver wire for stuff like that. You just need bodies. You just need bodies at this point. Yeah, I mean, I know I texted you um, or you guys, I can't remember, and said, hey, like, you know, I, I take a flyer on this guy. Yeah. Like, he's had shown some upside, actually, and could really be a nice addition to the rotation, but apparently not um, – in their plans, like you said, Marty, it's just irritating because it's like, it's great. Yeah, we're we're playing better than than you expected us to play. So, like, and reward that. And it's so frustrating because it's it sounds so much like something Neil Huntington probably said back in like 2014 when the no move was the right move um, fiasco. Like, it's just. Like, just because, like, I don't know, it's just really irritating that we're going to rationalize um, not taking advantage of an opportunity because we're doing better than we expected. It just sounds so weird to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't sound good. Like, even if that's true, even if you're having these conversations internally, you shouldn't say that publicly as a general manager of a baseball team. You really shouldn't. Like, oh, we're doing better than we thought. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. Like, but we're not going to buy in. We don't. We don't believe we should be playing. And that, yeah, that's exactly how it comes off as. Is like, well, you know, we're doing well, but we don't think this is going to last. Like, 
and and I understand I've have gone back and forth with people about this a lot. They go, well, what did you expect? This wasn't supposed to be the year. There shouldn't be expectations for this year. And that's true. But when you start 20 and eight and your division is terrible, it is June 16th and the pirates are the only team in this division over 500. Whenever that's the case, when you start as low as they did and your division is as bad as this, your expectations need to change. Like this division is very winnable. And, you know, I think what makes it even more frustrating is you sit here and you watch the Cincinnati Reds who are bringing up one player after another from the minors. And right now the Reds look like the best team in this division. So like adding help and, and I understand like, like the Reds, it, it, it goes beyond just what they provide on the field. Ellie De La Cruz is like two for his last 25, but that doesn't change the fact that that adds a jolt to that clubhouse. You know, whenever the help is in the lineup too. Yeah. Like, yeah, he might be over 25, but it, it's impacting how other people are getting pitched to. Like, look at the pirate lineup. If you could replace the death hole that is the catcher with Henry Davis, that's going to change how other guys are going to get pitched to also. Right? Like, look how many times this year we've already seen a runner in scoring position and first base open, and whoever's batting in front of the catcher is just sees four pitches that aren't even close to the strike zone. Like you're not going to see those types of things. So like it's, it, it goes beyond just what they provide on the field, but that that's where it gets super frustrating for me too. Is like I said, the team who looks prime the charge and take control of this division, a big part of it is because they brought a bunch of guys up from the minors who gave a jolt and in, in a shot in the arm to their team. Yeah. And I think doing it that way is, is important, you know, trying to, add and change and, and improve, you know, using uh, your top minor leaguers, using guys that, um, you know, you have a lot of stock in that are a little bit younger. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think, um, I think this division is more than winnable. I think that this, uh, this team can make the playoffs, but you know, then where do they go from there? Um, I, I think I still might be in the camp of, Hey, um, you know, do what you can and, and add if you can, you know, with a reasonable, uh, reasonable, price I guess you're paying in that situation but um you know I think trying to keep what they've built and, and you know continuing to uh to put everything invest entirely into this rebuild is important you know and it's important to uh to not sell too much but um you know I, I hear it too I mean shoot when was the last time this team won a division if you can even do that maybe that's uh that's the finish line we're trying to get to here um but it's going to be interesting guys this month is going to tell a lot just the, the health of this pitching staff is um, is going to determine a lot of what uh, you know what unfolds here, and it's so unfortunate to think that injuries is um, is what's holding this team back right now. And if you want to look to post the the DC series when things started to fall off, you could point to poor defense, you know, lack of hitting with runners in scoring position, a few different things that injuries had nothing to do with. But I think in the long term, if we talk about what is leading to failure, you know, some of it is certainly injuries to the staff um you know and, and now to the bullpen as well as, as holderman hits it and guys I, I need to get refreshed here on the details uh but marty i know colin holderman made you a little bit nervous when he was on the mound um what are you guys thoughts here and, and what should the pirates do to fill in uh for colin holderman i mean i already was in the camp of wanting to see dowry moreta um, as the eighth inning guy anyhow. So, I mean, I'm assuming you probably move that way. 
Um, we'll see the deal with Holderman. Um, I mean, I will say the the struggles he's had the last what's it been two weeks or so probably are tied into the injury. Um, and I will also say, you know, it's not an encouraging sign where you've had a pitcher in your organization for less than a full calendar year and they've already gone to the injured list twice. Um, not, not, not encouraging or promising for the long-term outlook with that guy. So we'll see what happens there. But I mean, moving forward, I would, I would assume you're going to see a lot more of Dowie Moreta in the eighth inning. And I, I mean, even with Holderman having struggled of late and, you know, I've mentioned before the nervousness or however I feel, but I don't love Holderman in a high leverage situation, but he's perfectly fine as a middle reliever. He's better than a lot of guys would be in that role. So, you know, it's just another blow to this pitching staff. Um, The bullpen really took its lumps against Chicago. Um, So we'll see what happens here moving forward. But I'm assuming you're going to see Moreta kind of take that eighth inning role Probably going to see increased roles now for Johan Ramirez, um, which against the Cubs, an increased role for him did not go well in either outing. Um, probably going to see some more of Jose Hernandez. I'm sure they'll probably still be a little more careful with Hernandez being a role five guy. Um, probably going to have to see a bigger role now for Angel Perdomo also. So we'll we'll see what happens here moving forward. But yeah, that that was a blow. It was a blow to the bullpen, and it's a bullpen that already, even though it's pitched well this year, is not a very deep group. Yeah, I mean, you just said like we're we're relying on a guy like uh, Perdermo, who honestly like he's looked good, and I I know he looked good in AAA, and I've been fine with him. But I'm just saying, like you know, he was he was let go by the Brewers for a reason. Like you know, we're we're relying on some of these guys now, and it it's it's a tough spot to be in. Um, but for whatever reason, man, the pirates have not been able to keep relievers healthy like the last few years. And I'm talking about like their, their minor league prospects too, like Nick mirrors, uh, Blake Cedarland, like they both were potentially currently on the injured list. of AAA. Yeah. Like it just is like in De La Santos last year and he hasn't been the same since. Like, I don't know what it is, but it kind of felt like it was going to be David Bednar too, after, uh, you know, what we saw in the back half of last year into the classic, you know, it was, seemed like something was a little bit off. Thankfully he has come in and, uh, you know, done what he does. Um, it, we updated the win total just a little bit ago. Update your feelings guys on, on Oscar Marine. I mean, how do we feel at this point? Cause I think there's stuff that, that you look at and say, well, Hey, you know, I really improved this guy and you feel great here or there, but, I think sometimes, too, you know, we talk about these bullpen injuries and, and, you know, obviously a lot of injuries to the staff as well. How do we feel about Austin Marine, um, you know, now with a, a much larger sample size? Yeah, I have mixed feelings about him. And I have all, since he's been hired. Um, I was kind of ready to move on from him last year at one point. But, you know, like you said, he has done some some good work to what to what we know, you know, turning around – Mitch Keller, obviously, but then I see a guy like Luis Ortiz, you know, and, and Contreras, and it's like, so what? What aren't we seeing that is going on behind the scenes? You know, I know one thing we've talked about a lot is, especially for Ortiz, is adding, not adding so much, but throwing his two seam fastball, sink fastball more this year than he previously did, and you know, we're attributing that to why his velocity is down a little bit, and that's fine, but. You know, it's like flashbacks of Garrett Cole when he wasn't allowed to strike people out for the Pirates. It's like, 
they had him pitching to contact and that was fine. He did well enough, Cole, you know, and, and same with Ortiz right now. It's like, for the most part, like, yeah, he's getting through these starts better than some of our other stars have been able to, but like, it, it just doesn't look right. He doesn't look comfortable on the mound. Like Marty said, he doesn't look ready and he looks different than he looked last September. He came up last September throwing absolute missiles and was like, literally, I thought there was like fire coming. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now the ball. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, he had that swag, and I just don't see that this year. He looks like he's he's aiming the ball, and I think it's, you know, so where, where I'm going with this is, you know, is, and again, I, I keep bringing up the previous regime because it's like I'm seeing too many parallels. Like, Ray Searage was great until he started to try to make every pitcher the same type of pitcher and i'm just worried that we're seeing that happen again you know oscar had success you know turning around a couple guys by adding you know a two-seam fastball back into their arsenal and now it's like okay let's let's do this with everyone and i don't think that's just what i'm i'm fearing and seeing i think <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Cause like you look, he's done obviously just phenomenal work with Mitch Keller. Um, but then at the same time, Mitch Keller kind of went off on the offseason on his own and and worked with some other people to help. And that's never never a great look for the organization. But um, I mean, We've like heard you know, that about other people. I know Burroughs has done that. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, um Johan Oviedo, I think, is a guy to point to also that I mean, last night start wasn't group i mean last night start i mean the 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 final line wasn't great but oviato stuff looked phenomenal like he's pitched really well this year um but then you know like you said the injuries and you look at luis ortiz i mean i agree with everything you said about him it's just mind-boggling whatever has happened there from what we saw last year to now um the the inability the seeming inability to get quinn priester to be able to take that next step to even be ready for the majors you know, it's the, the struggles of a lot of these young arms, especially Contreras. So I don't know. It's I, I don't necessarily think it, it's a situation where I'm going to sit here and say he needs to be fired right this very second or anything. But, you know, if you get to the end of the year and, and things if things do go sideways here these last three months of the season, I, I think 
you're, you're going to see shakeups to this coaching staff. And I wouldn't be surprised if he and Andy Haynes were two to go. Yeah, it's, you know, there's ups and there's downs. Um, but the fact that we're sitting here saying, I don't know is uh, it's not a good thing for, for small markets like Pittsburgh. You look at Tampa, obviously a lot of success in a small market. They've developed, look at the pitchers they've developed. I mean, you can go down the list. Taj Bradley struck out the first six hitters he faced yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Like that that kind of stuff is what I think fuels like, their winning. Not, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I was just no, gonna say no, we're, we're not seeing that from our from our guys. Like, why isn't Ortiz striking out, you know, six over, even just over a cut like a couple innings? My point is like you see these other top pitching prospects come up, they dominate. Ours were still waiting. Like it took, you know, it took Mitch Keller four years. Like, I, ah, it's irritating. Yeah. Well, and it's like, what is the answer? You know, it, it's obviously they're not making the best tires, but um, it, it's just frustrating to to look around. And I think you look at Tampa in a few different regards: the way they trade, the way they develop players, and you get frustrated because it's, uh, you know, in his example for what it needs to be and what it just has not been at all in Pittsburgh. Um, but, uh, you know, what's the answer, I guess, um, you know, probably, I think at least for the, the duration of 2023, we'll see Oscar Marine continue to get that chance. And that's, I think that's, you know, the way to go about it. Let him continue to, uh, to give it an effort this season. Um, cause there has been some positives, but, uh, <laughs> you know, some negatives here as well. Um, gentlemen, let's, let's shift our focus to Milwaukee big series, obviously this weekend, um, half a game lead here. What are your thoughts? This is a team that I think we all kind of tabbed as the projected division winner before the season. Um, but, they, you know, they've had kind of a crazy journey throughout this early year as well. Injuries have, have uh, you know, snake bitten them to an extent. What are your guys' thoughts about this series, Pittsburgh and Milwaukee? I mean, don't make no fans or butts about it. The Brewers are not a good baseball team. Um, <laughs> their lineup is bad. Um, and that was before Willie Domus decided to have a bad season. Um, I mean, they had to pull John Singleton off the scrap heap when my man hadn't played baseball since like 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, the pitching staff's been wrecked by injuries. I mean, tonight you have Julio Tehran, who had not pitched in the majors since 2021 when he pitched a whopping five innings. Um, since the start of 2020, Tehran had pitched 36 major league innings. I mean, to his credit, he's thrown the ball really well so far for the Brewers. And for those of us who remember the days of Julio Turan in Atlanta, whenever he would just absolutely dominate the Pirates, I'm I'm sure that's probably how to go tonight because it's Tehran, it's the Brewers, it's Miller Park. It's just it's not not good, not good. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens here. I don't think the Brewers are very good. Um, I think if we, when healthy, the Pirates are are a better team than Milwaukee right now, but obviously they're not healthy either. So we'll see how this shakes out. I mean, Miller Park or American Finance, whatever the hell it's called these days, um, has never been kind to Pittsburgh. I mean, even when the Pirates were good and Milwaukee stunk, the Pirates would still go there and lose. There's just something about that place. Um, they find weird ways to lose there. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um I will say, I mean, you got to feel good about the fact you've got Rich Hill and Mitch Keller going. Um, you'd love to win these first two to get a series victory so you don't have to lean on Luis Ortiz 
on Sunday going up against Freddie Peralta, who's who's always always a tough customer. But um, yeah, we'll see. Friday night, it's I mean Julio Tehran pitching against the Pirates in Milwaukee is the kind of thing nightmares are made out of because like I said Tehran is an all time Pirate killer, and there is as bad as the Pirates are at Wrigley Field, nothing can compare to their inf- their their inability to do anything at Miller Park. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think there is one thing though that works in the Pirates' favor, and it's that Tehran's ERA is very good right now. If it was like up over five, like oh, you know, we definitely be, definitely be hammering the under on the Pirates. <laughs> well, and you know, sixteen strikeouts in twenty-four innings. This is uh, this is a guy that is also now seventy-nine and seventy-nine on the career. Uh, Going to be a fun one to to start this series tonight. Um, as we begin just, to kind of with, 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 real quick, just with Tehran, like I understand he's pitched well this year, but like. Ultimately, the dude was pitching in the independent league last year. Yeah. The Brewers pulled him off the scrap heap. No other team wanted him. Milwaukee only signed him because their starting rotation was had even worse with injuries than Pittsburgh. <laughs> so it's like you'd like to think I get he I understand he's pitched well in his like three or four starts or whatever it's been, but you'd like to think they could at least get to him for like three runs. Yeah, it's I mean it's a tiny sample size, but hey, I think it's you know what one seven eight so far in the RA. Um, this is going to be a fun one tonight, and I think it is American Family Insurance Park uh, there, Marty. That's got to be the worst name, and um, I'm going to awesome. go ahead. This is probably the worst sports venue name in uh, in North America, but uh, that's where the it's, Pirates. It's a cool venue, which is the thing. Like I don't know if anyone listening has ever been there, but the ballpark like sits on the outskirts of the city, and the. Milwaukee absolutely that that city loves the Brewers um in the way it's set up it's almost more of like an NFL stadium feel where it's surrounded by parking lots that are just filled with people tailgating before the game it's a really cool place if you've never been there I highly recommend you go check it out but uh yeah no the name the name is awful it sucks and it was so cool before I mean Miller Park was perfect cool logo um yeah this is not it and uh a ballpark it always looks dark on tv i don't know why i've heard it's much brighter in person it is it's very bright in person um looks like a cool place though they put the roof on uh, after they had built it um and they actually had a crane fall in the construction of that roof so uh it's come a long way pirates headed up there to american family insurance park this weekend as we begin to wrap it up, kind of did this one in reverse. Uh, what do you guys got for the top of the trolley? What was the best thing you saw this week in Pirates baseball? I think there's an obvious one, um, so I, I won't take it. But uh, over the last seven days, since since we saw each other, what was the best thing you guys saw? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll go first. I'll, I'll take the low-hanging fruit. I'll hit the layup. Obviously, Andrew McCutcheon getting that 2,000 hit on Sunday. Um, just it was such a cool moment. Um, like, I, I don't think it can truly be understood or explained to someone who's not a pirate fan, what Andrew McCutcheon means to this organization, to the city, to this fan base. Um, and now to be just the 291st player in major league history to get the 2000 hits and to have that 2000 hit come with him back in Pittsburgh is pretty cool. You know, very rarely when you have a player who you, you associate with the team and they leave that team, but they get to come back and finish your career at that team. Thankfully, that's the case here. I mean, I expect McCutcheon to play again next year. I expect it to be in Pittsburgh. So I don't think this is it quite yet, but for him to be back in Pittsburgh to hit the milestones, uh, 300 home runs is next. I think he needs like four 
three or four more to get the random home run. So, yeah, that was, that was a really cool moment on Sunday to see him finally get that 2,000th hit and to get it at PNC Park. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking when we were at the game last Saturday when the Mets were in town and we were absolutely booing Stanga because he walked McCutcheon, I think, at least the first two times or two of the first three at-bats that he had against them. And I was like, the Mets fans are probably so confused. Like, why? Why? I have no idea what's going on. Because, like you said, it's like on a – on a baseball scale, 2,000 hits is is impressive. And, you know, I don't think people respect it as much as they should because of the 3,000 benchmark. Mm-hmm. But understand, like, I think what we saw something, it was like less than 2% of players have ever Two, had that many hits. 291 players have gotten to 2,000 hits. So 291 out of however many hundreds of thousands right. of guys have played in yeah. the majors. So that, that's, a, that's a really select group. So that's that's what I mean. It, it it definitely should have been applauded, and you know it's great great to see him do that in black and gold. For me, uh, I'm gonna go with Anthony Solomedo, uh getting bumped up to Double A at just 20 years old. I think I saw somewhere that he is the second youngest either player or pitcher in the in the uh, Eastern League, and you know he's passed up some of the the prep arms that were taken in front of him back in 2021. 20, so to see him being expedited by this front office to double a, uh, I think is pretty suggestive of what they think, you know, what they think of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they thought highly of him to grab him, you know, at pick number 37 and pay him, you know, 800 K over his uh, bonus spot. But like, you know, I think he really has developed into exactly what they you know, was probably their best case scenario for, for him. And, you know, hopefully he does well at double A. I mean, obviously we want that. That's like an easy statement to make, but like, you know, I, I just hope that he's not overwhelmed at, by being, you know, at such a high level at such a young age, but to what I understand, like that's, that's not him. That's not how he, you know, he's rocks all on the mound and, you know, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited to to see them getting aggressive with guys who you know we should be excited about. Yeah, um, I did the math. Well, real quick, 1.9 percent of players in Major League history have gotten to 2,000 hits, and Andrew McCutcheon is part of that 1.9 percent now. Um, and with Salamedo, I I don't think it's a total coincidence either that you now have him and Jared Jones lined up together at Double A. Um, you know, you you look at those two as kind of the next two, I feel. I mean, in my opinion, they're the two best pitching prospects in this farm system and by a pretty wide margin. So to have them uh, on online together at double A, in theory, you kind of, you know, you put them in position to be promoted to the majors around the same time then, a year or two down the road. So yeah, that that is that that double A rotation, man. Jared Jones, Anthony Salamedo, good luck, Easton Lee, because it's not gonna be fun for hitters. I'll tune a curve coming this uh, this season. Uh, a couple of good ones there, guys. I think my top of the trolley is going to be Marty uh, just absolutely owning a, a few Mets fans in front of us. Uh, but given a few franchise details there, they weren't too pleased. It uh, it was not a win on Saturday, but that was a dub for our crew <laughs> uh, and a serious dub, you know. So I, I, um, I came to find out that Mets fans <laughs> are easily upset 
whenever you make a comment, not even to them, just to the people sitting beside you, that the Mets payroll is higher than the GDP of at least nine countries in the world, and they're still under 500. So, <laughs> I was going to ask for the stat because that yeah. is just unbelievable. Uh, nine countries are grossing less, uh, spending less, I guess, than the, than the Mets payroll. Um, also, just, the, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates have not been in the National League East for 31 years and have won more National League East championships than the New York Mets have. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, icing on the cake there for us. And hey, another series win in 2023 to go along with it. Um, as we begin to wrap it up here, guys, uh, I'll let you guys get your sour pierogi in there. If there was anything that maybe uh, you didn't like in particular this week, no worries if not. And let's uh, let's get our minor league minute going as well here uh, as we begin to close it out. Yeah, I think in terms of what bad I saw was just poor – lackadaisical defense again and it, it's it's funny because i feel like we have this conversation every time the team's struggling you know they're they're not doing the fundamentals they're not playing clean defense and i'm not even saying that in a negative way like that you'll hear you know some people when Marte would make an error call him lazy shout out uh Dun- you know our boy c dunlap out there wherever he is nowadays but anyhow um you know he, Marte wasn't lazy he, he was aggressive and would make mistakes and like that's part of the game and we just see those compile uh i think with this team you know once one or two happens it kind of seems like the whole team gets in on it and you know that that was a lot of the cub series for me uh, you know later in games <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I think that's just the way this team's built. They have to pitch the ball well and play fundamentally sound defense and run the bases well to win games. And when they're not doing that, it's going to be ugly, and that's what we saw against the Cubs. You know, this isn't a team with some big bashing lineup like you would see with Atlanta or Texas or the Yankees or Baltimore, whoever it may be, to where, all right, you know what, we booted the ball around that inning. We gave up three runs that we shouldn't have, but we're going to come back next inning and get two guys on base, and then Aaron Judge or Acuna or Gunnar Henderson or whoever it is is going to smash one out, and it's all going to be good anyway. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree there. And for, for the minor leagues, I don't want to sound like too much of a broken record, but Henry Davis doesn't need to be in the minors anymore. Over 300 at AAA. I understand it's only eight games, but through his first eight games at Indy, he's slashing 321, 472, 571. He's walking. Apparently, like two home runs. He hit one last night that wound up a double that if it would have been like two inches higher would have been out. Like he's not gaining anything from facing minor league pitching. And they yeah. have him the right field more often than not. Exactly. He's not even like catching that. I just, I don't get it. No, he can play, he can learn to play right field at PNC Park. Yes. Just and, and my thing is, too, like, okay, so you, with the, the catching thing, I would argue having him up here and yeah, being a sponge with Austin Hedges is going to be as valuable yeah. in his development as a catcher as anything he's going to get out of catching a triple A three times a week anyway. So I don't know. I don't understand it. At this point, it's already June 16th. I know there's no set in stone thing for Super 2, but Super 2 never falls this late. You're clearly, clearly no reason for him to still be there. We're not worried about it. Like other teams have made their moves. Exactly. It's not a Super 2 thing at this point. I don't know what it is. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, it's not 
it would be well, different. They don't want to have to move on from Mark Matthias, you know? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, this lineup needs help. And it, it would be different if, if, if Davis could not play anywhere but catcher and was a complete albatross behind the plate, I could at least somewhat understand it. But that's not the case. You can put him in right field. Right field needs, I mean, Connor Joe has been great this year, but he's he's showing he's not an everyday guy. Josh Palacios has done some nice things, but he does need to be playing every day and right. Like, just get Davis up here, get him in the lineup. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. There's no reason for him to still be in the minors. Absolutely none. You drafted, you drafted the guy number one overall for a reason. It's just I, I forget who it was, but I saw someone on Twitter the day Ellie De La Cruz made his debut is the same day Henry Davis debuted at Triple A, and they're just like, yeah, the, the Reds are up here hyping up their 21-year-old prospect coming to the minors. Meanwhile, the Pirates are trying to do hype videos for their 23-year-old college catchers just now getting to AAA. Like, it's 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 two totally different things. I don't get it. It drives me nuts, but I don't know. And, you know, we, we appreciate the, the idea that they want them to be ready to handle the duties behind the plate because then that will allow their bat to play it. But – like we talked about Davis, they clearly don't have a plan for him to be an everyday catcher. You know, they clearly prefer Andy at that point. Um, we have seen Andy getting some reps at first base. Cause yeah, but that's why I think Davis can work at this, at this level is because you don't even have to necessarily put him behind a dish. If you feel like he's not ready yet, mm-hmm. like you said, Marty, allow him to work with hedges and on the off days and in the bullpens, like, and that's he can get that catching work then. And then, you know, as Andy finally comes up, then you have three viable catching options. Mm-hmm. And you're able to rotate those guys. And like hedges can be, you know, we talked about before, but maybe more of a just a personal catcher for like Rich Hill, you know, or whatever, like or Mitch Keller, whoever. But it's just it, to me, it's like. Like you said, are we missing something here? Like it just is so clear. What are we doing here? Like what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, it just makes so much sense, and uh, it would be a prime opportunity for Austin Hedges to contribute something positive to the Pirates as well to get a chance to mentor these two, uh, or, just, or just one at this point, something. Uh, but both ready. Henry Davis, um, you know, continuing to kill it as he uh, gets to Indianapolis. So uh, just a, a fun. Prospect to follow, um, a fun team to follow in the Indians right now. Uh, and there's Altoona Curve as well. Um, so, hey, I got one other thing that yeah. I, I just want to get your guys' opinion on this. So, the Marlins are going to be looking for some infield help at this deadline. And, you know, we talked a little last Saturday about how that's where we would trade from is our middle infield depth. And how even maybe at the major league level we'd be you know considered trading from, and I think that could be an interesting you know team to look into. They have a lot of not just good pitching but controllable pitching, okay. And obviously, like we're talking about these young middle infielders, they have a lot of team control as well. So, you know, we talked about making one of those you know major league one for one type trades. Like you know maybe that is a somewhere to explore um yeah 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 i'd be all for it and you know miami has the track record of doing that they just did it this past offseason obviously with the erasia deal um so yeah i i 
I think that the Pirates' best chances of nabbing starting pitching in July, that's something other than just a rental to help get to the end of the year. And I think you would love to do a deal like that if you're Ben Charrington, add someone who can kind of slide in there with Keller as your building block guy in the rotation. You know, is that infield depth? And like you said, Nick, even in the majors, I mean, you have three guys in Castro, Bay, and Marcana who have shown some really good things in the majors. You have Paguero and Gonzalez in the minors. So, I mean, I I would be open to moving any one of those five to get some starting pitch or even two of them if you need to to get some starting pitching help in return. So do you want to trade from your organizational depth where, where it's strong and that's where it's strong in the Pirate organization is the middle infield? Because, I mean, even really, you probably could throw like a guy like Jared Triolo into that mix too who can play all over the field. Yeah, yeah I think with Triolo, if it wasn't for Hayes, he's a guy who's looked at a lot differently because – He's won what? I think like two or three minor league gold gloves at third base. The guy yeah. is a, a phenomenal fielder. Yeah. yeah. And, Trying and, to get on base a ton, but just he's blocked by Hayes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like they've had him playing in center field at times. Like, mm-hmm. he can and, play like, first. He can play up the middle. He can play all over. Like, good defense. Yeah. He, he's very much overlooked as one of the as a consensus top 10 prospect in the system. Like, move, he's another guy I'd be open to moving and try and get some pitching help. Yeah. There's so much depth. And that was one thing that uh, it was easy to get excited about during this rebuild, the amount of middle infielders that, um, you know, infielders in general that this organization brought in. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you guys touched on it while I stepped away there. Leo Guerrero, absolutely dominating right now. So big shout out to him. Hope to see him get up here uh, relatively soon as well. Get back up here. Um, but gentlemen, as we wrap it up, Pirates Brewers starting later on this evening. Going to be a fun weekend. Chicago coming to Pittsburgh, the Cubs, that is, starting next week. Uh, Just kind of your final thoughts as we roll it in. Uh, Middle June already, as crazy as that is, June the 16th. uh, You guys' final thoughts for this episode? Yeah, it is kind of crazy. It's June 16th already. Um, Moving through the month of June. So just, I, I mean, I just really hope, if nothing else, things can stabilize out to where this team can at least play. 500 baseball close to it the rest of the way you know it's i and, and like playing 500 baseball the rest of the way is probably going to keep you in in this division so i just they got to get something figured out with this pitching staff especially the starting rotation hopefully ben charrington can do something there whatever that may be rather that's promoting quinn priester working the waiver wires trying to swing a trade here in a few weeks when the trade market starts to heat up whatever it is i just hope something can be done to at least I, just so this thing doesn't go completely off the rails after the start they had. Yeah. I mean, the pirates have, like we talked about historically struggled um, playing at Milwaukee. Hopefully they can clean up uh, their, their game in general after the tough Chicago series. Um, you know, the, the Brewers have very much, you know, been, been the pirates daddy, uh, up there. So, you know, speaking of that, Marty, happy father's day. Thank you, you know, as well. Happy father's day. Your first one. Congratulations. Happy. First one, you know, and I just, you know, all the dads out there, um, you know, thanks for what you do. Uh, you know, I, I sure appreciate everything my dad did for me and, you know, just different perspective for me this year. That's for sure. Yeah. It's gotta be cool. Big happy Father's Day to the both of you guys. Uh, 
Nick, I know you're, you're doing the first one. So, uh, yeah, I use the both of you as models. Uh, no kids right now. Don't plan on it for a while, but you two are, uh, are certainly the example of, um, you know, how to go about it. So happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. We're going to have a, a City Connect jersey on our hands before the next time we meet up here. Excited to uh, talk about that a little bit more. And, you know, hopefully uh, we're not talking about a series sweep like we just got done with there at Wrigley Field. Pirates Brewers starting tonight. Pirates Cubs after that. We'll be back next week to break it all down. Until then, guys, go check us out at rumbunter.com. We got articles breaking down all this stuff, talking about Henry Davis, talking about Anthony Salamedo, and everything going on at the big league level as well here. Follow us on Twitter at rumbunter. We're going to be tweeting throughout the game as we always do, um, you know, sharing our thoughts on everything going on there in real time. So check us out on Twitter. Uh, but for Marty Lee and Nick Caparoso, my name is Trey Anity, 34 and 33, the Pirates, still in first place. We'll see you next week, everybody. Let's go, Bucks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.